0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 90, Great Problems, Turning a Windfall or Lump Sum into Income for Life. Traditional financial planning is no longer working, and in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody, welcome to Not Your Average Financial Podcast with Holly and Mark. I am actually, if you couldn't tell, the Mark half of that equation. And in the studio today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly.
1: Thank you, Mark. Hi, everyone.
0: So we've got some fun stuff and we're starting a little mini series here on uh, what we call great problems. It's always great to have problems like this. And, you know, if you're wanting to grow in life and wanting to become a a better version of yourself, uh, you want to reach for and attain great and bigger problems because that just means you're on the hunt for something bigger and better in life. So imagine with me for a few moments that you are an avid pro golf fan. Let's say that you find yourself on the 18th hole of Pebble Beach or your favorite golf course somewhere and and it's a dream that you've had to get to this point uh, for many years. Let's say there's a gorgeous ocean on one side and lush fairways before your eyes. You know, it's it's gonna be a difficult hole, uh, but let's say that the wind is blowing off the bay is especially strong today. You and your buddies have some money riding on this game, and uh, you know that how you play this last hole could make all the difference in your bragging rights with your buddies for the rest of your life. You need a couple of perfect shots here on this last hole to lock in your victory. Suddenly, a genie pops out of your golf bag. You know, you've got to be dreaming right at this point, but you keep going with it, right? Uh, And he gives you a wish. He says either you can have the same clubs that Tiger Wood used to win the Masters earlier this year, or you can keep your own clubs and instead have Tiger Woods golf swing. So Holly, which one would you choose?
1: Well, I think I would have to ask for Tiger Woods swing. I mean, his clubs aren't going to do me a lot good or a lot, whole lot of good if I don't know how to swing them <laughs> correctly.
0: Good point. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I mean it's it's surprising how you might answer this question, dear listener has a lot to say about how you conceive of a lot of parts of your life, even your financial life, I'd say. For example, if you'd prefer Tiger's clubs You might find yourself collecting one financial product after another uh, in your financial portfolio. You might be chasing rate of return. You might be chasing the coolest sounding real estate pitch or a robo-investing app or have the latest stocks that are always talked about on CNBC or the water cooler uh, at at work. You might also be looking over your accounts and wonder why you have them. (laughs) You might wonder, right, uh, why did I have that? 15th brokerage account again? I just, I don't remember now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might have Tiger Woods golf clubs, but forgot to gain the skills on how to swing them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, you know, it's important to have a strategy and a skill set to use those tools that you've been given uh, more so than it is to really pick a cool sounding financial product. Even bank on yourself type policies should not be used without learning the understanding why you should have one right? So we do talk a lot about the overall strategy on this podcast than we do on, on any particular financial product. Even though we do discuss specific reasons to, you know, hate on one financial product or love on another one, um, you know, if after listening to our show, all, all of what you're picking up is just, you know, the products themselves and are not getting the mindset or the strategy behind that product, you'll end up hitting your financial golf balls into the water, Right.
1: Yep. And we certainly don't want that. (laughs) Um, So really one of the simplest strategies that you can pick up is to blend two financial products together to create kind of this larger strategy to help you accomplish your your intentions. So uh, for example, in previous episodes, we've discussed in pretty great detail um, how you can combine, you know, bank on yourself type policies with real estate or with being a business owner. And when you do that, when you're kind of coupling these two strategies together, some pretty amazing things. Things can happen. Um, And if you're interested in hearing more about combining, you know, bank on yourself with real estate, we discussed that in episodes 41 and 42. So go check those out if that's something that's of interest to you and you haven't had a chance to um, kind of listen to those yet. So, like taking a driver, a pitching wedge, and a putter, you know, you have three separate tools, Mm. you're able to make this. (laughs) <laughs> Little tiny white golf ball travel hundreds of yards ahead to fall into a four inch hole. I mean that's yeah. that's all the difference it's that we crazy. have here.
0: It's it's only the Scots that could come up with a game quite that crazy.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So it you know, you're using these tools to make something that sounds impossible you know, actually happen in in a reality. So, uh, I mean, a lot of our clients come to us asking asking us what they should do if they have a large lump sum or a windfall that has recently come their way. Again, a great problem to have, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, maybe not necessarily depending on the circumstances, but um, still, you know, a good problem to have in your financial life anyways. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was the sale of their home or business, maybe inheritance they recently received, or maybe they've just been like, you know, saving up so diligently over, you know, their lifetime over many years, and now that savings to a point where they just don't know what to do with the cash that they've been able to accumulate and sock away, which is great, and it's just sitting in this savings account, and they're like, "What do I do with this now?" Yep. Um, that I've been able to save it all up, so they found themselves in some sort of unfamiliar part of their financial golf course, um, and they're not sure which club to use. You know, I mean, which? What am I using now? Should I be using my driver, my pitching wedge, my you know, my my putter? What what should I be doing? And they're also not sure what type of swing they'll need to, you know, pair with that tool to help them match or get, their, get to their goal. So we're going to be spending some time here in the next few episodes just talking about what to do. Uh, with lump sums, and it's going to be important for you, our listeners, to ask yourself, you know, certain questions um, as you're thinking this over. So, you know, where are you headed with your money? Ask yourself, what do I want that money to do for me to help me reach my goals? And kind of where is that like perfect scenario? Where is your hole in one? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what does that scenario look like to you? And you know, just kind of have a, a mental picture of what that would look like in your financial life. And that's actually going to lend itself to the different financial tools and products and strategies that you should use to get there.
0: Yeah. well, I, I like how you took that metaphor to its conclusion there. you know very cool. if you don't like golf, maybe try <laughs> pairing wine and cheese or you know uh, pick any other combination Tom and Jerry, you know Thelma and Louise. There's lots of lots of combinations that just make the the story that much more interesting. So if you do have a lump sum, and, uh, or you'd like to know what to do if you won the lottery, uh, let's just check out the next couple of episodes. See if any of these strategies that could help maybe get you a little closer to your goal. Or if you wanna skip to the chase, uh, you could just reach out to us and we'd be happy to talk with you about some of these strategies that could help improve your swing. We'd be glad to be your coach in uh, improving your golf swing, so to speak. With your with your money, uh, we could be your golf caddy. You know, we're available to talk at no charge. We do schedule fifteen minute coaching sessions with with folks all the time. Uh, you can head to the show notes of this episode, or you could go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and just click request a meeting. We'd love to show you our actual calendar right there on that website, and give and, and even show you the free times that are available to talk to us. Pick any time that you want uh, for a phone introduction, and we'll talk about it. We'll figure out where you are. Uh, on the fairway, so to speak. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a particular financial product uh, called a single premium immediate annuity and how it can combine with other products to create a strategy, there's that word again, for your financial life. So we're going to be uh, talking about how that lump sum might be used. One strategy uh, is to use a combination of this single premium immediate annuity and combining it with other concepts and ideas to help you get down down the the golf course of your life.
1: Yep. And so single premium immediate annuities, uh, what we're going to talk about here today, or SPIAs for short, um, we did bring them up in a, in a semi-recent episode, episode 80. Um, so if you want to get a little bit more information on you know actual definitions and the history of it and you know different things like that, we do a, a deeper dive into just kind of what is this SPIA product in that episode. So feel free to go back, get a refresher um, if you don't quite remember that super well. Um, but really, ultimately, we see SPIAs as the biggest and best way to turn any you know, lump sum into an income stream specifically. So if you're looking to take some sort of, of lump sum, turn it into an income stream, SPIAs are really going to be the best way to do that. So if you're a hole in one is to get the biggest paycheck on your money. A SPIA is definitely going to be helping with that. Um, insurance companies will issue a paycheck, you know, to you for a certain time in exchange for your lump sum. So that could be, you know, just ten years. You say, here I have this giant lump sum. And I would like you to, you know, kind of pay me a paycheck for just the next ten years. Well, okay, then they'll say we're going to give you X number of dollars for the next ten years. Then, um, which might help you, you know, get your kids to college. Maybe that mm-hmm. was the yep. intent and the purpose for those dollars. So the spia will essentially start paying your kids college tuition for you, which is pretty nice. <laughs> um, or maybe it's a chunk of money that you want to last the rest of your lifetime, which is also possible with the spia. So that would be in the form of, you know, some sort of paycheck each month that's going to be uh, getting deposited into your bank account for the rest of your life. So not just for 10 years, and then it will stop. And that one will just kind of keep going and going.
0: So y- you've got my attention with bigger, juicier paychecks uh, with my dollars. And uh, so, But how do we do it? How do we put money into one of these? How do we get money out? How does it actually work?
1: Yeah. So SPIAs can often be funded with a portion of one's uh, retirement funds. If that's, you know, typically that's where most people kind of have their money sitting. And so that's the most typical way that we're kind of looking to get it get it into a spia. So we mentioned in episode eighty again an example of a client who actually rolled over um, her four hundred one k into an IRA holding a SPIA. That's a
0: lot of numbers there. Okay. And yeah. letters too. Okay. A lot, yeah. <laughs> a
1: lot a lot. going on there, but it's actually pretty simple. I mean, it, I mean, at its core, it's you're taking the money that's in, currently inside some sort of work employer 401k plan, and you're just taking that, rolling it into essentially a SPIA. Yeah, um, okay. But we can house the SPIA in an IRA is really kind of what that extra step in there is for. And that's just so that um, we don't have to worry about any tax implications.
0: There you go. Yeah. So it's just a tax deferred rollover, just like you could do a 401k to IRA rollover holding mutual funds uh, or anything else. Uh, real estate, for example, we're just choosing in this case to hold a SPIA inside your tax deferred IRA. Got it. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And so in that example that we shared where um, we had a client who did that, they take, took their 401k, you know, put it into this IRA that was holding a SPIA essentially, um, that SPIA gave her over $30,000 a year of permanent income that she could never outlive. Wow. So she took the option that lasted forever, you know, as yeah. long as, as the rest of the, um, as long as she lived. So that was more than 30 times as much as she could get from an interest-bearing savings account, you know, down the street. So if she were to keep that money just sitting in a savings account, wallowing, it's safe, it's not subject to loss, but I mean, (laughs) you're not going to get much spitting off of that. And it was over two times more than a portfolio of bonds paying her income um, could do as well. So if you think about it, there's really not a lot of other places to get permanent protected income.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the bonds are one place. But, you know, even that is paying so little interest these days that they're hardly worth talking about. But, you know, you can get income from other sources. We've talked about Mm -hmm. it in other episodes. Um, Income from real estate. You know, that's a great way to get income. Uh, however, we all know that renters aren't exactly signing a guarantee that they're going to live there forever. So they might come and go or they might just stop paying your rent if times got tough. Uh, you know, so that's one option. Dividends from stocks, you know, that's another income stream. Uh, but those two, they fluctuate. They can even go away completely. See the recent nosedive that was made on the dividend on General Electric. They're down to just one penny per share. I mean, GE was like the blue chip stock. Uh, and a Dow Jones stalwart for like a hundred plus years. But now it's even been booted off the Dow Jones uh, as of last year. So not only is that an indication of how things can change, but really we, we should really take that as a reminder that just because you see the Dow going up 10% this year doesn't mean that the companies inside the Dow went up by 10%. In other words, the Dow picks the, the winners among the pack and the Dow picks the companies that make it look the way Dow wants to make their index look if that makes sense. So about 50% of S&P 500 stocks will be replaced over the next 10 years, according to a strategy consulting firm, InnoSite. So what that means is uh, stocks are coming and going, coming and going out of the S&P 500, and you might miss the train when they got off the S&P, and the S&P might be up well, but your portfolio might actually be down, even though you thought you had a portfolio representing the S&P. Mm -hmm. Heavyweights used to spend 33 years on the S&P 500, but that forecast has dropped to 14 years uh, in the coming years, and companies are added and dropped from each year uh, from the S&P 500. So the bottom line is we can never rest on our portfolio's laurels, so to speak, (laughs) when we don't have a guaranteed contracted income, which is what SPIA has let us do.
1: Yep, exactly. And so um, SPIAs are what can help create this retirement competence that we're looking for. And I think our clients are looking for mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, kind of have to ask yourself a couple questions when you're thinking through, you know, is a SPIA right for me? Well, you know, do you want guaranteed income with lifetime payout options? A, well, a single premium immediate annuity offers that dependability, you know, to have a guaranteed stream of income coupled with the simplicity of just a one-time premium payment. Um, So you're not having to worry about, you know, ongoing contributions, you're not having to worry about picking stocks every single year, making sure you um, have the ones that are spitting off the greatest dividends. I mean, there's none of that. It's literally deposit your lump sum, Receive paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just yeah. really, really simple. Um, and so that, of course, you know, can help protect you against outliving your assets in retirement as well. Um, so you know, really, it's just one payment can buy a lifetime of guaranteed income. Is is really what this product is all about.
0: If you like uh, vending machines and you like, uh, <laughs> this is a great analogy here for this. Yeah, you put in some money and out comes some more money, that's pretty cool. So if you don't uh, require like unlimited access to all of your assets and you wanna know that you can regularly depend on some guaranteed income for at least a portion of your portfolio, you know, consider how many of these you know, potential responsibilities uh, apply to you. Maybe you're entering retirement or you're already retired. Maybe you have some resources like a windfall or pension distributions or some retirement account or brokerage account that you wanna convert into a, an, an income stream. You know, we've talked in previous episodes about how difficult it is to know exactly how much to take out of your brokerage account or your 401k to not run out of money before you run out of birthday candles, so to speak. So what the SPIA lets you do is uh, if you are concerned about outliving your income and your savings, um, you might possibly value that guaranteed source of income in retirement that the SPIA lets us have. I mean, even if you spent more than you gave the insurance company, they're going to keep giving you that paycheck for as long as you're you know, breathing, as long as you got the spirit in your lungs, as they say. So you wanna select among some various payout options, obviously, at the time that you uh, start this SPIA, uh, maybe you decide you want it to last as long as only you live, or maybe you wanna last as long as both you and your spouse should live. So you know, possibly you'd be interested in this strategy if you seek some freedom from having to manage your savings or your stocks, as you mentioned, Holly, uh, to generate some income if you're tired of watching the Dow Jones every afternoon, uh, or if you wish to, you know, provide some income for your spouse, maybe this spia begins when you, um, you know, end up in the in the pine box, so to speak. You know, as soon as you pass away, maybe this is a way to replace the income that you would have uh, been able to provide your beneficiaries or your spouse. Mm-hmm. So I think you, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about Holly, a, a case study and how this might actually work in the real world. So let's bring it down a couple of notches on the ladder and uh, just actually see an example of a real life case study of someone who's uh, benefited from this concept.
1: Yep, and so we're gonna be talking about Meg quote unquote mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, names changed here nope. um, Meg is 75 years old and she has been retired for 10 years um, Meg happens to be a widowed mother of two uh, she's been learning or she's been living on the earnings from her fixed interest-bearing investments um, she's had some success with that you know just kind of going about living off of um, her investments that way but she's beginning to start to fear inflation rising health care costs as she gets older um, that all of the is just going to have a negative effect on what her retirement income is going to end up being. So right now it's sufficient, but she's really worried about things and circumstances that could change down the road that might negatively affect that and make it not be enough. Um, She has been able to avoid the stock market though in retirement because of its uh, potential for loss. So she, she has avoided that so far, but she's even worried about other risks that she knows she's going to be kind of susceptible to later on. Um, so her current strategy right now is she has $150,000 just sitting in um, a non-qualified fixed interest investment. All right. Okay. So
0: basically like a uh, not a 401k, basically. Yeah. Okay.
1: Not a 401k, not in the, you know, stocks, not in the market, um, just you know, non-qualified, so it's not an IRA or anything like that, not an employer plan, just kind of $150,000 of cash sitting in some sort of fixed interest bearing uh, Mm -hmm. vehicle. And so the interest rate on this investment is 4% and she's in a 28% uh, tax bracket. Okay, so the monthly interest payment that she's receiving, the monthly income she's getting from it is three hundred and seventy five dollars a month after tax. Um, okay, so that's kind of what her current strategy is right now. So to maximize her after tax income and provide a more comfortable retirement, you know we've um, advised her to consider moving that one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from that um fixed interest investment into a SPIA. So she goes ahead, selects that single life income with installment refund payment option. Okay, that's a mouthful. (laughs) Um, Essentially what that means is she's just saying she only wants this income to last as long as she lives, single life. So it's based on Mm -hmm. one life, not multiple. Um, And she wants it to be lifetime income. So it's going to be for her entire life with installment refund payment option. Um, so that just means that she does, in the case that she passes away prematurely, she's going to want that money to be essentially refunded to whomever her beneficiary is. Perfect. So... um in that particular case, under this option, the event that she passes away, payments won't continue to her beneficiary until the net single premium, which is essentially just all the money that she paid into it, is returned.
0: The 150000 So if she spends fifty grand and then gets her wings, then the money would continue to flow to her kids or whoever um, for the next $100,000.
1: Yep. Exactly. Cool. Okay. So now let's look at the difference in after-tax income from um, this new strategy with the SPIA versus her current strategy that she's been doing with just a fixed interest account. Mm -hmm. So the new strategy provides Meg with monthly payments of approximately $852 more than the $477 increase per month. So um, so the new strategy, she's converting those assets that she had before to income with a SPIA. So the $150,000 now going into the SPIA, it's paid as a premium into that. The payment options we mentioned was a single life with installment refund. She's still in the per, uh, 28% tax bracket, and that monthly payment is 852 a month. So, so just so, to
0: translate that, yeah, you're saying that we doubled her income. Uh, She was making $375 after tax with the bond portfolio, basically. And now with the SPIA, she's doing more than twice that at $852 a month. Very cool. Yep. So that
1: was a $477 increase per month on uh, what she was doing before, what she had before. Same dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean like Mm -hmm. no magics happened here where she all of a sudden made more money or added money into it or anything like that. It was just switching vehicles. I mean, switching which club she was using.
0: She's going twice as far down the fairway with that money there. That's great. Very Mm -hmm. cool. So you brought up a couple of vocabulary words and we'll just quickly mention them. Again, you mentioned single life income. That's an option that just helps pay the income, as you mentioned, Holly, for as long as you live. Uh, so it's a, it's a guaranteed, you know, periodic income, monthly, quarterly, annually, however you like it. The payments just continue after the expiration uh, for the guaranteed period if you're still alive. So, you know, there's another option called the refund option. So you're getting an installment of monthly payments, for example. But if you do pass away, the money just keeps flowing to you from the insurance company. Uh, so those would continue even if you're uh, still alive, but if you pass away too soon, it's a way to get the money back, essentially, to get get it back in your family system. Uh, the other one, and this is maybe the more common uh, for some of our uh, uh, clients, is the joint and survivor life income. And basically, that just means it's as long as both husband and wife are are, are still living. So periodic income is payable during that specific guaranteed period, like eight years, 10 years, whatever, and then even past that as long as either person is still alive. So it's a way to fulfill the promise of taking care of one another, uh, whether or not one of you should pass away too soon. And then the final is the installment option. uh, So you can get an installment income for a particular period of life. This is really popular for how uh, we choose sometimes to roll money out of taxable vehicles. Maybe for like eight years, nine years, you can spread that 401k money out or IRA money out into other non-qualified monies, you know, like a bank on yourself policy. So if you've got a big fat tax problem on a 401k or IRA, this is a great way to slowly take installments of that money, kind of systematically withdraw it out of the taxable 401k and put it into something that you can control and uh, maybe is even after tax.
1: Yep. And so, and also just in the interest of full disclosure, I mean, you can imagine how any of these different options you may choose will affect the amount of income you receive, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not like no matter which of these choose, it's the same, it's the same dollar amount you're going to receive as income, right. right? So, you know, don't we're not saying that, oh, yeah, I mean, by all means, do all these different options or pick this, of course, because the income will be the same regardless. No. So obviously, as you would imagine, income is going to pay out um, a little bit higher for a a single life than two, right? Right. Because Mm -hmm. the the statistical likelihood of two people living longer is greater than just one person, right? Um, Also, if you're just doing an installment income, which is like it's only going to last 10 years, well, they know how long that's going to last. not worrying about when someone's going to pass away, so typically these installment income options are where you'll see the highest income number, because they're just projecting. Okay, how do we pay out this lump sum over ten years, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and then with the you know kind of growth that they'll give you. So um, you know that that's why it's important to think about your situation, what's best, because um, it will potentially affect the ultimate income you receive from the SPIA product.
0: So good. Yeah. And as you can see, there's lots of tools in our tool belt here. It's not a not just a blunt instrument for sure. But, you know, we just briefly touched on this uh, just a moment ago, Holly, but I want to hear from you a bit more about how, how possibly could we move monies that's a lump sum, because this is our series on lump sums. So, Holly, I've got this big uh, 401k or IRA, and I want to put it into a bank on yourself policy. Can I do that? That's a question I get pretty often. I'm sure you do too. So tell us, how do we do that? And what's the best strategy for doing that, or at least one strategy for doing that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that definitely is a question that comes up a lot because again, you know, where is most of America's wealth sitting right now <laughs> in yeah. qualified yeah. plans, mm-hmm. in 401ks? So people hear about this and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, great. Well, I have money. In my 401k, you know, so how do I, you know, use that for this and this particular strategy? Um, and so that's when we have to get a little bit creative. It's definitely not impossible, but we do have to get creative. So, um, unfortunately, you cannot do a direct rollover from a 401k to a bank on yourself type policy uh, because 401ks and IRAs and those, you know, those tax qualified uh, plans are tax deferred whereas bank-on-yourself policies are the opposite. They're funded with after-tax dollars, and then they um, help you have access to your money tax-free in the future. So um, we can't do a direct rollover where you know, you'll know you have, let's say, $50,000 in a 401k. Boom, you're going to have $50,000 in a bank-on-yourself plan because we have to worry about those taxes. We have to take care of that and address that. So even so, um, You know, after, you know, knowing that it's not possible to do a direct transfer or direct rollover, um, you know, a lot of people, though, after they've kind of seen and heard about all the different advantages and guarantees that a bank on yourself type plan can you know, kind of build into their portfolio, people are still interested in figuring it out and coming up with a way to make it possible and using those lump sums from their qualified plans um, to fund a policy. So, um, of course, a couple different things we always have to remind people is that, you know, taxes are going to be due on any money you take out of a qualified plan. And of course, if you're younger than 59 and a half, we're looking at an, an extra early withdrawal penalty um, on that money of 10% as well. So we've talked on other episodes, uh, episode 85 in particular, on why this could still be a great idea for some people. Um, if you, even if you aren't 59 and a half yet, to still take that money out um, of your tax-qualified plans. Uh, for example, you know, taking regular, steady, systematic withdrawals rather than taking the whole amount because that can be a pretty heavy, you know, burden for for people on it's their a big
0: tax all yeah. at once. It's ripping that band-aid off and putting you into a higher bracket for some people. Yep.
1: Exactly, which again, I mean, options that are available to you, right? Some people opt for that. They're like, I don't care, like, you know, rip this band-aid off, get me out. And so some people will go with that option, but you also have other options as well, where we can make it more systematic to kind of lessen um, that taxable burden that you know doesn't hit you all in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could kind of take those systematic one, uh, withdrawals from the IRA, the four hundred one k, and that can help um, again lower that tax obligation for each independent year. Um, So now, you know, might even be a good time to start considering that anyways, Um, since over the next six years, we're kind of in the tax sale of a lifetime, um, which we've talked about in our last couple episodes as well, Um, pretty much now for the next uh, six years till the end of 2025. Um, is kind of what we're we're looking at here. So we can't do a direct rollover from a 401k to bank on yourself, but we can roll money out. And we call this a rollout, yeah, there you <laughs> quote go. unquote.
0: Yeah. I think, isn't there like a old Jay-Z song or something, rollout? No, I, I don't know exactly who did that. Maybe it was <laughs> Black Eyed Peas. It's dating me here. Uh, but yeah, it's a rollout. It's rolling it out of the qualified space, the 401k, and into something that's you know, yours in, in a bank on yourself type policy. So mm-hmm. So we've been, uh, by by pulling those funds out now and over kind of a systematic way, You just basically, as you said, Holly, you're lowering the obligation of that 401k tax uh, each year and systematically funding your bank on yourself policy at the same time. So you're not having to write monthly or yearly checks into the policy. It's just happening automatically for you. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So is there anything wrong with that strategy uh, by just taking it out of the 401k or IRA and into a bank on yourself plan? No, not exactly. There is a, a gotcha though. Uh, The trouble is that most people's 401k or IRA is still stuck in the stock market. What happens if during our, our planned five, six, eight years of systematic withdrawals from our IRA, the stock market takes a nosedive while we're trying to get the money into the bank on yourself plan? Uh, Over the next several years, let's say five to 10 years, I'd say that a a market correction or even a crash is a high likelihood. You know, nothing worse than going to look for money in the IRA that you hope to put into a safe bank on yourself type policy just to find that the market grabbed it and took it away from you before you could get it out of your uh, old qualified plan. So how do we fix this, Holly?
1: Yes. So um, to fix this is kind of where what we've been talking about um, with the, the SPIA comes into place. So um, what we've actually put together for our clients is a strategy where they can roll over because you can do a rollover um, mm-hmm. of a 401k into a SPIA. So you do the 401k into an IRA that holds a SPIA. So it sets up an IRA to hold your funds from your 401k into this new SPIA, which is a tax deferred move. So no taxes are due when you do this type of rollover. Um, And by doing the IRA rollover, your new IRA, um, which is holding your money in SPIA, will protect it and even give you a nice interest rate while we systematically fund the policy. So that's always nice as well. So the SPIA will guarantee that the market will not touch or take your money. So we no longer have to worry about that market risk. It provides a guaranteed interest rate and a guaranteed payment to you as long as you have that SPIA. So this is where we're probably looking at that installment income we talked about, um, so it allows you to take the money out over a specific number of years. For example, let's just say eight. You know, is what we're choosing to to fund the policy for. So you can take your taxable funds, spread them out over you know six, eight, ten, however many you know years you'd like, um, and you're reducing your tax taxes um, that you're going to end up paying each year. Uh, by doing it that way. So that might just be the perfect timeline to systematically take money out of your taxable accounts, keeping you in a lower tax bracket, and get the most of your taxes paid uh, while we're in this low you know low tax environment, um the really the lowest tax environment we might ever see in yeah. our lifetimes.
0: Well, and every year that goes by makes it one year shorter. You know, cause next year we'll only have five more years to go before taxes go up again, uh, mm-hmm. as as is on the the books. it's on it's the tax law of the land right now. So every year that goes by is a missed opportunity at this moment. So rather than spending years riding that roller coaster of the stock market, while well, we take the money out to fund that policy, uh, all the while hoping and praying the money doesn't get vaporized by a stock correction. Uh, What we're doing here by doing the IRA with holding a SPIA, it instantly stops that money roller coaster, helps you get off and saves that money uh, in the SPIA and then rolls it right into your policy in an automatic process, it's super cool. It offers a protected financial vehicle, your SPIA, which is gonna provide that guaranteed income, thus ensuring that your plans uh, to fund your bank on yourself type whole life policy will be a success. And at the same time, you're systematically moving money uh, over a number of years. So that'll end up helping you save a ton of taxes uh, over the time and not, you, you won't be kicking yourself uh, by jumping into a higher tax bracket by ripping all that money out of the uh, IRA or 401k all at once. So perfect stuff. Uh, wrap this up, Holly. What, what else? Any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, really just, you know, I hope that what this episode has done for you guys is just kind of helped, giving you an idea of, um, you know, what a SPIA is, how it can be used, how it can be leveraged, and it can be a helpful club in your, you know, set of golf clubs to help you kind of move um, the ball down the course, the golf course, towards your end financial goal. So, um, I mean, of course, if you'd like to see if this concept or other, you know, strategies we've discussed would be a helpful addition to your financial strategy, uh, please give us a call. You know, maybe now is the time by uh, waiting even a single tax year, you know, you're losing one of these kind of special low tax, you know, bracket years we have before taxes are already scheduled to go up again. So, you know, we love being our client's financial caddy as it were, to continue our (laughs) analogy. Um, You know, along with transporting clubs, caddies can offer helpful advice. The most basic job of caddies is, you know, just to carry the golf bags and hand golfers clubs when they request them. But in addition, oftentimes the best caddies are the ones that kind of bring in that second perspective and um, actually give advice on which clubs should be used and kind of going beyond um, the club, you know, just which club to talking overall strategy. So um, just hopefully you guys can kind of see us in that light as well.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Who's your caddy? That's what I want to ask at the end of this episode. Who is your caddy? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have, Have fun this week, everybody. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future.